Hey mamas, and welcome to Nutrition for Littles, a podcast dedicated to helping you raise healthy, confident, and independent eaters. I'm Alyssa, your mama in BRD. I'm a registered dietitian and mama of two. I specialize in nutrition and feeding for infants and toddlers. Nutrition is kind of my thing, and I love sharing it. But honestly, the few seconds Instagram gives me on my stories just wasn't cutting it anymore. Join me each week right here as we go deeper and tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby-led weaning, fostering a healthy relationship with food, and so much more. I'll try to be short because mom life, but I plan on giving you real-life tactical advice and answering your actual questions. I will walk you through actionable strategies to help you protect and preserve your child's innate ability to listen to their bodies and eat intuitively. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here today. And just in case this is going to come to a huge surprise to you, I'm sure. But today's topic is all about Halloween candy. Of course, we are like four days away from Halloween, I think, maybe less. I don't know. Math is hard. It's Wednesday. Halloween's on Saturday. You get it. Um, And so, of course, I'm going to take this time to talk about Halloween candy. Now, specifically in this year, 2020, of course, your Halloween might look a little bit different than it would typically or what you were maybe planning on. So of course, keep that in mind of what you're planning to do if you're going trick-or-treating or not. But in today's episode, I'm just going to chat a little bit about kind of how to handle Halloween day and kind of what that will look like as far as trying to normalize um, sweets or desserts in your home. Um, And I'm also going to touch on something else super important as well that I want to talk about. But um, I do want to make sure that you're following along on my Instagram at mama and me rd. So it's at mama.and.me underscore rd um, on Instagram because I am not only sharing daily posts about um, Halloween, so it's a complete series throughout this week, but I'm also hopping on stories every single day talking through kind of the specifics, the nitty gritty, and going um, in deep on some of these topics. So I want you to check that out and listen to my stories or watch my stories as well, because hopefully it'll just give you a full rounded picture of how to handle this season or any season or any holiday really that comes with candy or desserts or anything around that topic. Okay. And of course, if you take all the information that you can find here and on my Instagram and on my dessert highlights and my posts and all of that, and you're still struggling with desserts in your home, I do go in deep and in depth into it inside my table talk program. Now the doors are closed right now, but I will link the wait list um, down below. So if it's something that you just kind of need more advice on more help, a little bit of handholding in the situation, first of all, and no shame, I did too. I totally had to walk this back with my own toddler. Um, But if you're needing that kind of support, I would highly, highly recommend table talk, where not only do I go deep into desserts, but it's also a complete comprehensive program around picky eating, which can be really helpful in putting all the pieces together to formulate a plan at the table for your family. But anyways, the wait list is open. It I will link it down below for you. 
And the first topic that I want to talk about with you is super near and dear to my heart and important at this holiday season. And that's actually that a lot of kids are struggling with food allergies and Halloween is a really hard time for them um, because obviously they're going with their friends trick-or-treating or wherever they're getting candy from and then they are struggling with food allergies. And what that means is that they're not able to enjoy Halloween candy the same way other kids are. Um, and really what that causes is a situation where they're not able to have as much fun. They're not able to maybe even go out and trick or treat because it's not safe. And I just wanted to talk to you guys about something that you can do to help these kids have a more enjoyable Halloween experience. Okay, so if you haven't heard of it before, there's something called the Teal Pumpkin Project, and it's put on by the Food Allergy Research and Education um, Department. And basically what this is, is a um, movement in Halloween specifically, where it makes sure it makes sure that not only is it raising awareness about food allergies, which is something super important that we need to take seriously as a community, but it also encourages people to offer either non-food items or allergy-free food items as a trick-or-treat option. So I know this kind of sounds like an ad, but it's not an ad. Um, This is just something I'm really passionate about. Every year since I found out about the Teal Pumpkin Project, I've always participated. So the way that you can participate is you can just download a picture of a teal pumpkin and hang it in your window if you're you're giving out candy this year. Um, Or you can paint a pumpkin teal, which is always a really fun activity with your kiddos. Or anything that signifies that your house is allergy-friendly or have an allergy-friendly option, you let them know by putting the color teal teal out some way, some shape, somehow. I have a teal um, Halloween trick-or-treat bucket that we put out every year um, to signify it. And then I have also printed out the Teal Pumpkin Project logo and put it in my window as well. And basically all that means is that you have an option for kids with food allergies. It doesn't mean that's the only thing you're giving out, but sometimes this can be small toys like glow sticks or um, my favorite are temporary tattoos like spooky ones, or you can even do Play-Doh. However, Play-Doh does have gluten in it. A lot of Play-Doh recipes do have gluten, so you have to be mindful of that. Um, But I have one bowl full of little trinkets and toys and then one bowl of candy. And usually when some kid comes to my door, so you you don't want to ostracize them anymore, right? (laughs) They already are. So you want to make sure I just say, trick or treat, pick from one of these baskets. And sometimes the kids who don't have food allergies want to pick a little trinket and that's fine too. They have a ton of candy, but maybe they don't have a temporary tattoo. So it just makes it a little more fun. It's a little less candy in the bag as well. But I think it is also a super important cause. So I just want wanted to put that out there. I will link more information in the show notes below as well. Okay, so moving on. Obviously, a lot of parents stress so much about Halloween candy and the amount of sugar that their little ones are getting around this time, and I completely understand that. And trust me, I care just as much about my kids' physical health as you do about your kids' physical health. And of course, we know sugar in high quantities is not the best thing for them. However, with this component of physical health, Also, there's emotional and mental health as well. And the research shows the more that we restrict 
sweets or desserts or even just really almost any food, the obsession begins to brew. So when we restrict candy, it actually affects them mentally more than we might expect. So keeping that in mind, this is why my entire Instagram and podcast is dedicated to raising independent eaters who have a healthy relationship to food, which means we need to give them experiences with these foods and oftentimes specifically with desserts if we've restricted them in the past, that means that we need to give them even more access sometimes to these foods until they're truly normalized. Now, just a reminder here, and I talked about this on my Instagram recently, but this doesn't mean that we're trying to get them to a place where they no longer like candy or they leave it on their plate and they're not interested in sweets, desserts, chips, you know, all this kind of like quote unquote junk food or what I call play food. Our goal here is to normalize it in their diet so that when they choose it, they're choosing it because they want to enjoy it and not because they're doing it because of fear or um, there's a fear of scarcity mindset that they might have that this food won't always be available. So a lot of times I call this kind of the wet paint theory. When we say, when we see a sign that says wet paint, don't touch, a lot of us instinct is to touch that wet paint. And the same goes for food. It's human nature. When we're told not to do something, we want to test those boundaries. We want to figure out why. And a lot of times when there's a scarcity mindset around food and we think to ourselves, oh, I can't eat that. It's junk or whatever that might look like to you. Then when you do allow yourself access to that food, you tend to, and this is typical for adults, you tend to overeat that food in a large amount because you go, I don't know the next time I'm going to be able to eat this food. So I'm going to eat it all now while I can. And this is what's called and leads to the last supper mentality for adults. And these are things that we want to teach our kids to avoid in general. So we take away the scarcity around foods like candy, sweets, desserts, junk foods, whatever you want to call them, and equalize the playing field for food. That doesn't mean all food is equal. So if you have more questions about that, there is an episode that I did about two episodes ago about why we shouldn't label foods good and bad for our kiddos. And I think that can be a really helpful episode for you if you still have questions kind of about what I just talked about. Um, but this is really helpful going into the holiday season. Now, of course, ideally, we would have already worked on normalizing sweets in our house or gotten to that kind of point where Halloween comes and it's not so scary for us. But I know a lot of us aren't in that boat. I sure as heck wasn't when we first started this kind of journey away from picky eating. And so I just want to encourage you, first of all, it takes time. It takes so much more time than we are typically comfortable with normalizing sweets in our house. And like I said, if you feel like you're doing all the things I'm talking about and you're still not having success, you might need additional help through my Table Talk program. Um, but honestly, this takes more time than what we're comfortable with. So if we've been restricting you know, certain foods in their diet... Uh, sometimes that can play out for months or even possibly years for them to re-normalize those foods. So I just want to encourage you that this does take time. Um, you are going to make mistakes. You are going to look at them and go, seriously, you're going to have another slice of banana bread or whatever, because that's what we had this morning. Um, and you know, it's just one of those things that you have to keep pecking away at until it clicks for your little ones and then you have to stay consistent. But it does take time to normalize those behaviors. Now that doesn't mean that your little one is never going to eat a ton of candy or have days where they only want the cookie or whatever that looks like. But it does mean that they are going to be able to be in charge of their own body versus their body really biologically getting in charge of them or taking over, taking control of the situation and having them binge on certain foods that we have not 
necessarily given them access to or let them experiment with. So I just want to put that out there that it takes time to normalize desserts. And if you're not there and Halloween's coming, it's totally okay, mama. What I recommend for you is serving a regular balanced plate throughout the day as close to their meal and snack schedules as you can. Maybe even throw in a few extra favorites in there of balanced meals that they might enjoy. Pizza, mac and cheese, uh, chili in our house is usually what we serve and um, get their bellies nice and full before you go trick-or-treating or or introduce candy or do a scavenger hunt or whatever you're doing in your home this year. Um, And then allowing them to eat the candy. Now, the division of responsibility does not go away on Halloween night and come back the next day. The division of responsibility is still saying that you're in charge of big picture, which means you're in charge of what goes on the plate, when they eat and where, and they're in charge of if they eat that food and how much. And that's true for Halloween candy as well. Now, you're in charge of that time frame. You're in charge of letting them know, okay, when we get back from trick-or-treating tonight, where we can have have some candy before we go to bed and brush our teeth and kind of set that structure in motion. And then you get to decide when the candy is served from there forward. And of course, the same rules apply that I talk about on my Instagram as far as desserts go. You want to serve it on that well-balanced plate. And really, you're still in charge of when it gets served. So do what be- what feels best to you and your family as far as Um, that kind of plan goes moving forward and offering them that candy. Now, I will say a great tip to build that trust if you're just starting this journey of um, normalizing desserts in your little one's uh, kind of mind's eye, I would recommend if you can get on top of it so that you're the one bringing out the Halloween candy and offering it to them with lunch. Um, You're not waiting for their begs and pleads, at least some of the time, so that you can show them that when you said you can have more later, you meant it and you're not going to forget it. And that's actually building trust. So Halloween, although maybe we're not all where we want to be with normalizing desserts in our home, it's actually a really great opportunity to start building trust. But that also means that we need to be contained and not have an emotional reaction when they do decide to eat more than maybe what we're comfortable with. Um, A lot of times I show on my Instagram where my son will have a bite of his cookie, go back to his lunch, and then just never eat the rest of his cookie. And of course, that does absolutely happen. And I would say him saving a dessert for later happens more often than not. But that doesn't mean there aren't days where he totally just eats the cookie and leaves everything else on his plate. It's all about balance. And it's all about mental and physical and emotional health and a good relationship with food long term. The other thing I want to leave you here with, Mama, is even if they do eat way more candy than you're comfortable with, in the time frame that you give them, it's still one day. Now, I know that can feel really overwhelming. And of course, we care so much about our kids. But truly, if we think about it, if they're getting even just four meals a day, which I recommend four to six, that is almost 1,500 meals a year that they're getting So one out of 1,500 is not going to have the impact on their health that we're afraid that it will. So I just want to leave you with that little reminder that, what is it? I don't even know, less than a one-tenth percent of their diet is going to be affected by one night of Halloween candy. So 
I hope this episode was helpful for you guys and really gave you some tactical tips and some new things that maybe you can think about this holiday season. Of course, and always, what I always say is take what serves you, leave the rest. Do let some of these things sink in and challenge you and some of your thinking, but do what feels best for you and your family. You know your kids best, you know your family best, and you get to make those decisions for your kids. I truly believe you are the best mama to those little ones. So I will leave you with that. Have a very happy Halloween, however, or if you celebrate, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review. You can find more from me on Instagram at MamaAndMeRD. And please feel free to send me any questions or comments you may have by emailing me at Alyssa at MamaAndMeRD.com. Until next time, mamas.